passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Today, tonight is a great day to start your own podcast. That's right. I said you should be starting your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel or you have a message that you want to share with the world or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show. I mean, we've all sat there in the mirror and pretended we were, you know, Arsenio Hall, right? No, just me. Okay. Yeah, that's how old I am. But anyways, podcasting is easy. It's inexpensive. And it's a fun way to expand your reach online. And take this from me, Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. That's right. You can track it. You get all the statistics. You can see where you stand. You can see where you need to be. It is a lot of fun. It explains a lot of the mystery of how do I do a podcast? How do I make it successful what are the things that I need to do? Buzzsprout helps you do that. It's all inclusive right there. And look, your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. You take it right out of the oven and you put it right into people's ears. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and I can attest for that. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So it's time for you to join over the 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout, we know we sent you this, and you get a $20 gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. That helps you support our show. And also put some money in your pocket towards your show. So look, start today right here on Buzzsprout. Get your message out to the world. What up? This is Myron and this is episode 25 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. The alternative underground secret society underbelly back alley speakeasy dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners or surrounding the Seattle Mariners. Don't want to cease and assist here, but you get the drift. We're here because we love the Mariners. You're listening because you love the Mariners. And guess what? This episode is all about the Mariners getting back to work and also being able to keep ourselves in a reality check of, you know, keeping ourselves mentally prepared and mentally ready for the second half of the season it's gonna get tough it's gonna be a roller coaster ride you know you're obviously right now at the time of this recording still on a winning streak we haven't lost in over half a month which is great but realistically we are gonna lose some games we are gonna make some trades we're talking about all that on this episode so 
I just want to say before I get you into the episode, thank you again for liking, subscribing, and listening to these episodes. We are very grateful for this. We're seeing growth. We're almost to our goals of where we want to be right now in the season, just like the Mariners had a goal to get to 500 and they're blowing through it. We're getting to where we want to be right now and it's getting better and better. And thank you to the people that have done this. But if you have not already done this, please go review the show. Give us a rating. Hey, I like five tool baseball players, but you know what I like more? Five star reviews. And if you think we're worthy of a five star review, pound that five star review. It really, really helps out this show. And with that being said, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way so you can enjoy and you can get back to business with the Mariners here on episode 25 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast that starts in three, two, one. This is the episode I wanted to do all last week, but we had to observe the All-Star Game and we also had to celebrate the accomplishments of a couple of our Mariners going down there, but I am happy to be back talking Mariners baseball. And at the time of the recording, the Houston Astros just finished up a two-game sweep of the Yankees, so, you know, thanks a lot, Yankees. You know, this is the kind of shit the Yankees do, right? They never can take yeah. care of Houston for us, and then they're going to kick our ass. You know, that's just what they usually do. Hopefully that's not the case this year, but that's usually what they do, right? Yeah, I mean, I know we were talking about it yesterday that, uh, oh, Houston's got two games and they got to fly to Seattle. I had no idea that they were going to, you know, win both of them, but they did. Now we're playing, you know, a team that's on a little bit of a roll. Yeah, I mean, they got the, they got some momentum coming to Seattle. And I know, uh, I didn't read the article, but they know that the uh, stadium's going to be packed. Uh, I already noticed that Mariner fans and Houston fans are smack-talking online to each other. So it's, uh, it's finally here, you know, tomorrow night's game. Yeah, I mean, we finally get to go back to the 14-game winning streak. As soon as we hit 14 games, it was already home run derby. I was already out there baking in the sun spending all kinds of money i don't need to be spending at dodger stadium getting my rye bread and mustard cards taken away from me from their security i'm just feeling like whoa is this how you treat a fan of a 14 game winning streak come on we didn't we didn't even get really talk about it, but it was cool during over during the all-star break watching mlb network and espn and them doing full-on segments, not just on Julio and not just on Ty France because they were on the All-Star team, but about the Mariners. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, beginning of the year, they were all hot on the Mariners, and then we, you know, slid, didn't have the best of starts, but they're back, baby. All the uh, networks are starting to uh, see the uh, rewards of, or start talking about the rewards of how the Mariners have been playing here lately. When they were slicing up the pie for their productions, they definitely gave the Mariners the representation, I think, that they deserved. If you go on all these power rankings that are just, again, opinions, but you're starting to see the Mariners, you know, as high as four, um, no lower than 11, which I think is super low. I forgot which publication has them on 11. But uh, most of them have them at like five or six right now. You know, five or six, you know, if you're doing the playoff math, you know, that's at least the second round to possibly, you know, playing in the ALCS. Yep, but that's why you play the game. Exactly. You read the articles for fan fiction, which the Mariners fans have had to do over all these years. Um, No, you're exactly right. I mean... I, you know, they're even leading Sports Center off, you know, I mean, which is unheard of. So, yeah, they're catching the uh, attention of the national media. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and all of this is coming off of that brawl as well. So it was like, hey, this team's kind of heating up. The story was, oh, here's a team that hasn't hit its stride, hasn't lived up to the hype. They get in this fight. All of their big central players that they have left in the lineup 
get suspended. And then they go on this 14-game winning streak. And then now we're looking at it where we were just trying to fill out the lineup. We were going deep into the uh, minor league system. I mean, we had players on this 14-game winning streak that have been DFA'd. You know, and now the discussion is today when you turn on the radio, Kyle Lewis is coming back. That means somebody's got to go. We're also looking at possible return of Hanniger in two to three weeks. Now it's about how do we fit all these guys in the lineup? And I like that talk. No, that's exactly what you want. You know, all our guys coming back. How can we add to the roster as well with the trade line? Uh, date coming up August 2nd so yeah there's it's great talk and and the Mariners are playing well yeah they are playing well and listen uh, the last episode that we did you know we talked about the Griffey uh, J-Rod comparisons we talked about you know the draft we covered that already so we're not going to really touch on that kind of stuff here on this episode but one thing that I did forget to mention in the last episode was uh, the Mariner Moose uh, was down at the uh, Dodgers at the All-Star Game. And I thought it was pretty fitting seeing him with all the other mascots because I'm not sure if every mascot made it, but I'm glad that the Mariner Moose got to go down there because he had one hell of a good first half. Oh, he did. He he contributed to a couple victories for sure, being behind the plate there and you know, aggravating the pitcher the, and different fan bases. You know, I can remember Boston was pissed off and, and a couple other teams. But, yeah, the Moose pulled his weight the first half. Some drunk Boston uh, was going to rip his his fucking antlers off. And you also had the Toronto fan. I'm just so shocked a, a Canadian flipped him off. But also, that could have just been a, a, a Blue Jays fan from seattle or california or something which seems to make more sense with that kind of attitude yeah you're right that flipping off of the moose is definitely a top 10 highlight of first half that was classic yeah and he's he's been on sports center he's he's been on apple tv apple tv's uh friday night baseball they love the moose so you know if they did have a mascot all-star team this year if that's how it was selected I'm glad he was down there. It was really cool. I was out at the uh, bar area, the uh, Jalisco bar area, out in uh, right field, waiting on a $35 michelada that I, in fact, said no thank you on. And I turn around, and the mascot train was walking by. All the all-star mascots came through. I'll put the uh, video on Instagram. It might be on Instagram, but maybe I'll feature it a little bit more on the next one. But yeah, it was really cool to see the moose down there. I never got to really have any one-on-one time with him, but uh, you know, he seemed to be having fun with all the fans. Yeah, that's awesome. Good to see. I did notice doing your video, the fanatic walked by. That would have been pretty cool to uh, give the fanatic little crap. Yeah, yeah, I know. They were. I was hoping they were going to come back to, but they did not. Daryl, one of my buddies who was there, he he was the smart one. He went off and he was looking for Texas Ranger. Well, I didn't even know they had one, but uh, uh, he was looking for. Yeah, one. It's, a, it's a horse, right? I I don't know. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Yeah, it's just weird. I kind of felt like the all-star game I was watching, like preseason spring training games. <laughs> I just had that feel, that vibe to it. I'm glad to get back to that they count. Yes, it does suck that Houston just won two games today, which actually means the Mariners lost a game in the American League West standings, if you're still holding on to hope for that. If you're still pulling the old Jay Buhner, what did he say? Fuck the wild card? Yep, exactly. So, but they are, you know, 10 games back, and that's just to show you how good and steady this Houston team that we're going to have to contend with is. We've 
been what on a 14 game winning streak 22 out of 25 and we're still 10 games back from the division leader yeah it goes to show you how well they've been playing as well as we have here lately that we've gained only a game or two if that against them they've been playing real hot ball themselves don't settle for anything less than the best in the west where you'll find trucks trucks and more trucks on River Road in Puyallup, and tell them the bone sent you. What's going on right now? Again, if you have not paid attention, the Mariners are in the wild card chase. Not only are they in the wild card chase, they hold currently the second wild card out of the three wild cards. They have a three-game cushion to start the second half. And as far as the West, yes, we are down 10 games from the Houston Astros. So if you're keeping score at home, or if you weren't keeping score at home and you are now, that is where we at. Now, I know uh, other fans are sitting on here and going, why are you talking about this redundant shit that we already know? Listen, there are bandwagon fans coming in. And yes, they might have, you know, the prefix of bandwagon before the fan surname, but they still are fans. And I welcome them. Yeah, so do I. So, welcome aboard. And yes, this is the fun part, but it's glad I'm glad to have all the people back, and you're seeing that with, yes, the sellout for the Friday night game, possible sellout for Saturday, and if they keep it rolling, I'm sure Sunday will be a sellout. Yeah, last time I read, they're real darn close to having Saturday as a sellout, and then as well as Sunday. Yeah, and I wish I could make it, but I'm happy to, uh, you know, maybe make a little bit of the money back that I spent on tickets. So, I uh, thank you, Mariners, for keeping keeping it hot. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We're right in the thick of things. Second half starting. We got a little bit of a tough stretch here the next couple of weeks, but we're going to have to, you know, win series, win six out of eight, you know, to keep pace because. You know, all the teams that are chasing us or we're just above are right there with us. And so we got to keep on winning to keep this going. Already thinking about warm weather, golf under sunny skies, and springtime baseball? Then now's the time to think about a Seattle Mariners spring training tour. Spend three, five, or seven nights in sunny Arizona and enjoy benefits only available with official Mariners spring training tours, including dinner and chalk talk with manager Lou Pinella. Book your tour now with a no-risk guarantee. We want to keep this streak going, and I, I, you know, it's going to be tough, and it's going to be tougher for one. You've stopped the momentum of the team. You know, they were on the survival mode, especially after the fight with the suspensions. Now you're getting people back. You have a little bit of a break, and who knows? They could still turn it on tomorrow, but I would not be surprised if they came out flat, especially playing a team that just had to play a doubleheader. I hope that's not the case, and... Maybe it won't be the case, but I'm just saying you are playing one, if not the best team in the American League this weekend. Then you have Texas coming in. Then you're going back to play Houston again in Houston. Then you fly to New York and play again, arguably the best team in the American League, Yankees. Come back, play a four-game set in three games against the Angels. I think that'll be a mental end emotional check for both teams mixed in there you have the trade deadline and then you have the yankees here for three so this is a tough tough stretch yeah i agree with you i mean as far as coming out flat tomorrow they better damn well not come out flat because i know that stadium's gonna be rocking you know the mariners haven't been in this position uh, in a while and the players feed off of it they want it and they really want to turn this season around and basically get the Mariners back in the playoffs finally after 20 years. So if they come out flat, I'm going to be very disappointed, but I just don't see it happening. There may be no greater thrill in sports than the crack of a bat and the roar of a crowd as a small cowhide-covered ball hurtles a distant fence. It's baseball. Seattle Mariners baseball in the kingdom. And there is no greater enjoyment than being there. The game starts at 7.35 and not a moment before because, as the Mariners have always said, there will be no game 
before it's time. Now, the before mentioned series put all those games together. Those are thirteen games, I believe. That's again, if you want to check my, you know, Ballard High School business math, uh, that is three with Houston, three with New York, four with Anaheim, and three with the Yankees. So, in that thirteen games, what do we want to see the Mariners? realistically have that you would be happy with on the low end oh i mean i want to i want them to at least be seven and five seven or eight and six well both of those that's 12 and that's 14 we're talking 13 games here hanno oh sorry i didn't you must cut out uh so we're how many games do they got 13 i think you were in that same math class right no, I think one below. <laughs> <laughs> so we got so we got 13 games coming up in those four game series. What do you want to see them be at on the low end and on and on the high end? Well, I mean I want them to win I don't know. On the low end 7 and 6. Okay. And on the high end I'm thinking nine and four. And that's a you know that's a pretty decent swing. On my low end, I could see them actually, and I'd be okay with it, going you know six and seven, less than five hundred. I wouldn't hit the panic button, but I can see this team going nine and four in this thirteen game stretch for sure. So, oh yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we can't hit the panic button as fans. No, right and, now. I mean, we got a long ways to go still. And why I bring this up is people that are jumping in and going, "All right, fine, I'm in." I keep seeing this like, "I'm oh, I'm ready to be heard again." We've talked about all this. We've we've talked about all this shit. You know, it's just bringing up the same old like triggered feelings, just because they just don't want to just admit like, "Hey." They just don't want to do this again. They're just like, I'm tired of losing, and they can't ever really see the team winning, so they say this. So to those people that are going to come in and be a little bit skeptical and want to hit the panic button along with the I told you so button, here's what you need to remember, is this is a very tough 13-game stretch. And then after that, the numbers say it should smooth out. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, with this streak that we've been on, you know, it it's not going to last forever, but hopefully it does last for a little while, while longer and we can give ourselves a little cushion when we do hit these bumps in the road and have these streaks where we're not playing as well. But, uh, you know, if they just, at the worst, play around 500 in this streak, we're, we're doing okay. I mean, they, again, I think they could be under 500 here because as long as it, you're not, you know, going like three and ten and things like that. Like if you're, you know, a six and seven, even 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 a five and eight through this stretch, then you have Texas, then you have Anaheim, then you have Oakland, then you have the Nationals that are probably not going to have Juan Soto. So right there, you're looking at some very very winnable games. I know you got to go out there and you got to play them. But, you know, if, I'm just saying if they're if they do hit a rough stretch and just a competitive rough stretch, I wouldn't even say it's a rough stretch where they would be down. You're just playing better teams. If you were in a playoff series, let's just say a seven game series and you win the series, you it, you might play seven games. And if you lose a series, you know, you might still play seven games. I feel like these games are going to be close. Houston, we're six and six on the season. I mean, we have a better record against Houston already than the Yankees do, but the Yankees again are a really, really good team and you have six games with them. If you can win two out of those games, I'm happy with it. Would I like all of them? Of course, but I'm just being realistic. That's kind of what I did with these other series that we did. And you know what? The Mariners have surpassed what we thought they were going to do. And I'm going to keep doing that because that's what you do, right? When you want to keep the hand hot, you, you, when you're being superstitious, that's what you want to do. So I'm going to keep doing that, all right? No, I agree. And that's just Mariner fans. 
we are a little timid. We don't want to, uh, you know, set ourselves up for hurt or failure. So we always kind of downplay everything. And it's, that's kind of how it's been. And we've been playing way, way better than we thought. So, I mean, it's a Mariner fandom thing. But I mean, I honestly, as well, feel pretty confident how we've been playing. And I think that we can play with those teams and feel pretty confident about it. Yeah, we might kick a few in a row. That's baseball. But literally going into every game, I feel like we can win it and compete with even those top dogs of the league. I do too. Started out as a party. We turned into a case of the missing case. Groovy shindig. We're turning off the lights. Oh, Mickey. It's okay, doll. No, it's not. There's a case of Miller Lite missing. Oh. Who took it? Somebody in this room. Rodney! Hey, guys, take it easy, will you? Why'd you do it, Rodney? Cause light tastes great? Yeah! yeah. Cause light's less filling. Yeah! I didn't do it. Well, I'm not even Rodney. Huge! <laughs> I thought it was a costume party. Great mask, huh? But if he didn't do it, who did? figure out who took that case. Oh, Mickey, you did. Not exactly. Hiya, dog. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, I'm glad we didn't go dancing. It's no mystery that there's only one light beer, Miller Light. So earlier today or yesterday, by the time you're hearing this, uh, Jerry DePoto was on 710 Seattle Sports. And I don't know, did you talk to KJR? Uh, no, he solely got a gig with a uh, seven ten. I know. I just like to the, ask you that. Well, it is the flagship. So simmer down. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jerry Depoto show, but you've read the excerpts. I don't know if you've listened to the interview with your uh, with your favorite Mike Salk, but uh, Jerry Depoto was on there and he was talking about all things, uh, you know, Mariners related. Obviously, talking about what happened over the all-star week and the winning streak that they're on but the biggest news probably coming out of this is that kyle lewis is returning yeah the great news (laughs) it's great news well uh i think it is yeah i listen i second the emotion on it that is it is great news you know i'm a big kyle lewis guy you know it's very interesting to think about where exactly he's going to be playing we got a little bit out of that interview of saying hey yeah we're gonna get him out there in the outfield he also said things like he's on the roster it's up to scott if he's in the lineup that's something i want to get into in a second with you if that's even the thing according to you but where do you see kyle lewis fitting in realistically let's just say in the next i don't know 13 days because it doesn't seem like Haniger is going to be back for another two, possibly three weeks. No, I know you kind of made fun of me for just saying great news, and that was it. But I am timid and getting too excited for him. You know, he he came out this year in his first um, time coming off the disabled list, played great, hit a bunch of home runs, and then quickly went and had that head injury. And, you know, he's still not able to play the outfield yet but that's okay it's another bat it's another person to add into the lineup to do some damage for us so even though i sounded you know not that enthusiastic i really am i just don't know what to expect out of him now yeah that's fair that's fair to say i i it seems to me if they were expecting him to play in the outfield that that's actually a good sign of he's must have passed certain agility tests and been okayed. He feels fine. He says that he can handle it. You know, I mean that bat is that is a ferocious bat that he has. But yes, it is a bit of a log jam with the DH, especially when you're going to be having Hanager come back because that's not somebody you're going to throw back out there every single day in the outfield. And you know what? There's not a lot. Not knocking him, but not a ton to be excited about with, you know, Hanniger in the outfield. It's his bat, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we want both those guys back. And 
you know, they will help tremendously and it will lengthen our lineup. And, you know, we actually have a pretty darn good lineup if both of those guys are in it and playing to their potential. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of RBIs right there, a lot of home runs. Uh, another thing that was asked, and I know I've seen this in the Mariner groups, uh, me and you have had this conversation, is, hey, wait a minute, didn't High France play second base before Evan White got hurt? Yeah, he, uh, he played that, and I think he came up into the major leagues as a third baseman and then split some time over at second, and... I saw where Jerry Depoto said, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it, but it's up to Ty. And I mean, that's pretty cool. I think if I'm Ty France to be able to say, hey, I don't feel comfortable or not my thing or yeah, I'll do it, whatever to help the team. So that that that's pretty cool coming from your GM. Yeah. And I think like he already did to help. He already did make a sacrifice and maybe it was an opportunity for first base. I mean, he's not a very tall first baseman. He seems like he is built more like a second baseman, but he has gotten thicker and his, you know, seems like to, that helped him at the plate too. And uh, I don't know what he looks like, you know, on that side of the field anymore. Because, yeah, if you're playing second base, the thing is you, sometimes you're playing over on the other side of second base, playing in the hole, playing the shortstop. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you train possibly a lot different when you were a first baseman than you are a second baseman. So maybe that's a thing that Depoto is saying, like, hey, look, like, if he's not comfortable with it, you know, he's, like he said, just about a gold glove first baseman. So it's just something that maybe that's helping the team better to have him there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know about his range or his footwork or the way he transfers the ball in double plays, but I mean, he's an athlete. He made, like you said, went over to first, never played that, you know, is pretty darn close to a gold glove first baseman. I'm sure he probably can do it, you know, but that extra bat with him doing that could certainly help the Mariners lineup. Yeah, I'd love to see a lineup that you could see Lewis, Haniger, France, and Santana, in it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know, possibly you wouldn't see this would be a day that maybe there's a left-hander and you're not playing Adam Frazier. But this is if I'm filling out a fantasy lineup, right? You know, it all it all makes sense when you're just playing fantasy baseball. Defense doesn't really matter, at least in the leagues that I played in back in the day, but I know now it, baseball's even gotten more stack crazy, so maybe that's changed. But again, the defense is very important. I believe we're the best defensive team in baseball. If not, we're second or third, depending on who's you're getting your statistics from. If you're getting them here at Rye Bread and Mustard, we are the best defense. And I'd like to continue to see us play that kind of baseball. It makes it better for a fan. Also, it's beautiful not seeing errors. And yeah, I'm very interested in seeing what Jerry does personnel-wise and what Scott does with the lineup. Hey, everybody, gather around. Disco Dan is back in town. Loosen up. Loosen up. Shake it off, settle down. Loosen up, Danny. Shake it off, settle down. Loosen up, Danny. Loosen up. Loosen up. Yeah, and you know, this roster's just going to be full. And again, hammering this down, it's great to have this problem versus what we were just scraping people out of the minor leagues and off the uh, waiver wires, right? Just to come in here, we were throwing Mike Fords in there. We were throwing, you know, uh, what was the other guy's name? You know, we had Suze up here who retired uh, over the All-Star break. You know, and most recently we had Kevin Pablo. We had we just had a lot of random people, and, and recently we've you know found our fill-ins that are really making things happen, especially right now. And the biggest one is probably Haggerty. And you know, you have Haggerty, you have Toro, and you have Dylan Moore. 
which I think this Kyle Lewis thing totally affects this. And I think this affects what you're doing, unfortunately, with uh, possibly Upton, right? No, you're exactly right. Haggerty's played well lately. Won some games where he had multiple hits. Upton, he's won you a game with a home run, you know, and it's going to be a tough decision because one of those guys has to go now. It all depends on who has options left and those kind of things as well. If you can kind of try to sneak a guy down to be able to keep, you know, Upton up, you know, because Upton is a good bat. He hasn't really had a good season and he looks like he's getting older, but it's, it's, it's going to be a tough decision for them to make. I guess I would say, I would think maybe Upton would be the guy to get sent down, released, or possibly Toro because he hasn't been playing as well as the other guys. But it's hard to say what the Mariners do. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'd have to agree with you. You know, reluctantly I go, yeah, I guess that's possibly what you do. But I also feel like yes, Haggerty has outplayed these other guys recently. Um, over a long stretch of time, you know, these guys have played up here. They haven't, you know, really put up numbers that you're too excited about. Haggerty hasn't had that, you know, long, hasn't had that extended amount of, you know, chances up here. But this guy's racked together a bunch of like three hit games and, you know, he's made some really heads up plays on the bases. He's obviously the best base runner out of all of them. I know Dylan Moore is no slouch, but I think Haggerty kind of edges him out, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, what, what's the saying you always used to say that John Clayton said? I, I think it's really truthful in this yeah, scenario. You, you know, having these guys, with it's about backups. He usually would talk about backup quarterbacks in this situation, but he would use it for other players. Like, backup players are backup players, or bench players are bench players for a reason. You know, they'll get, on, they'll go, get in these good stretches, and they'll get, they're really streaky, and you can just... You know, if you ride them for a, a you know prolonged time of success, then you've definitely gotten more than you paid for because that's why they are bench people and starters are starters. That the, the reason why they're starters is because they can do this over a long period of time. So with Haggerty, it's tough to say that they're just going to roll with him, even though he's the hot hand. But then again, with Dylan Moore, he has been pretty clutch in the past and stuff like this. But yeah, he's he makes a lot of outs for you too. And I know he can play multiple positions and you need somebody on the team like that. And Toro does that. And Haggerty seems to do that, but I don't see all three of these guys on the roster. And, you know, sadly, I, I don't see Upton, especially when you start adding guys like Hanniger back on the team. Let's say you have Hanniger and you have Lewis. And let's not forget Taylor Trammell put together a pretty good season, you know, in his you know month and a half that he had, before he had his injury, you got to think he'll be back at some point, you know, or being able to be on the active roster at some point too. So now it's really crowded out there in that outfield DH, uh, you know, rotation. Yeah, it's so tough because all these guys have given you something, won you some games. But on the other hand, we're improving by getting our starters back, like you said. And, you know, with a trade deadline coming up, you know, we could be adding more guys. So we're in a, it's, it's actually a good problem to have. And it's, it's kind of rough because we pull for these guys, you know, they win us games and they have to leave us, get sent down or uh, DFA'd. So it's, I mean, basically it's just, uh, it's a good problem to have. I'm glad I'm not making the decision. No, this is, you know, it feels like we got a surplus of the things that we need, which is something that we have not experienced, especially as Mariners fans, in a very long time. And definitely not at all this year. We haven't even seen the lineup that Jerry wanted to put out there for us. Jerry and Scott wanted to put us out, out there for us. And, you know, with that being said, you know, they also could be possibly parts of trades and, uh, Jerry seems like he's going to be trading. That's kind of what he does. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, that's definitely a Ron Fairley no shit, you know, statement right there. But now we're now we're in the trade season right now. We have what two less than two weeks till the trading deadline, and we're in a position 
that we were in last year, but in a much more confident, much more definitely we're going after it kind of feel and look. I know last year at this time we were really excited about the trade deadline. And then when it happened, we were feeling deflated. There was the whole anonymous player. Kyle Seager, who's uh, voiced his opinions about Jerry's moves. But now when you look at him uh, a year later, it makes more sense. It makes a lot more sense. And let's not forget, during that time, we got Diego Castillo, okay? I mean, how many games has he locked down and won for us? And how many big situations has he been in? I mean, he's been phenomenal this year. No, you're right. I mean... With last year, it was a little odd because it felt like we took a step back with um, trading our closer. That's a little surprising. And he was traded across the the field to the uh, Astros, who we happened to be playing that day. But, you know, in the beginning of the year, I thought we had a better team than last year, especially on paper. We didn't start out that way, but we've certainly got to it. And I was just hoping we'd be in contention around 500 and We've even exceeded that. So it's right where we wanted to be. And I was hoping that we would be in this position so we could make that trade to add on to this team and really make a push. And here we are. And, you know, the big name out there right now is Juan Soto. So what's your thoughts on possibly acquiring him? I mean, it's going to take a lot. Um, what, what, what Would you like to add Juan Soto to the team? Yeah, but where... Obviously, he would be in the lineups. It's not like, where would you play him? What are you doing with all these other outfielders that we have? What's going on there? Are we trading those guys for him? Are those the guys that Washington wants? I don't know what Washington really wants, but the reports seem like it's going to be, you know, players that are already in the major leagues, ready to go now, mixed with some really high-end talent from the farm system. And... It seems like all of our big chips, for the most part, like the, the big headline players have kind of graduated, and that's what Jerry was kind of talking about. Like, no, they're not the top, uh, you know, farm system anymore. It doesn't mean they're far off from it. I mean, we just had a draft, so a lot of things can change. But they still have some really good players down there. What could you see Washington wanting from Seattle if we were playing some fan fiction here or some fantasy baseball? What is something realistic that you could see happening? Well, from what I understand from reading, they want, you know, some major league ready guys. I don't know if that's pitching or I don't think we could trade, obviously, Hanniger right now. Maybe not even Lewis, but he is, you know, able to play tomorrow. But you know, it's going to take a haul of minor league players and possibly a couple pitchers. I heard, you know, Logan Gilbert and George Kirby. And I mean, I don't know, is that too much? I mean, he is a top player in the game, Soto is. But that, I mean, it's also subtracting what has been our strength, which is pitching. So it's a, it all, to me, it all depends on what the offer would be from, um, from uh, Washington as far as. Is it enough? Is it too much? I mean, I know we got to give up a lot to get a player of his caliber, but it, it's, it's a hard decision for me. I would need to know which players are in the trade. Right. And the other thing is, is that what the Mariners really need this season? Because to me, if either one, Hanager or two, Kyle Lewis works out that you can insert in this lineup, almost every day I feel like the offense is going to be fine and I think what they really need to do what I'd really like to see is a nice starter come in here you know like a two or a three or maybe even a, a one from another team and that seems like what Jerry seems like he's definitely looking for I mean he was you know in so many words on this uh, interview this morning was just talking about how great the you know the starting uh, five has been all season carrying us to this point but there definitely needs to be a little bit of backup and some help for these guys too because you, you know how long can you possibly sub- sustain that it's a long season and the guy who's in the fifth spot 
is a rookie who hasn't pitched this many innings before. So I really think that is the number one thing that they need to do. No, yeah. I mean, let's say, you know, Washington does want these six players and they're some of our top pitchers. Then we're not going to have anybody then to trade to go and get another pitcher. But if we didn't make this trade with Washington, but we for giving up maybe these so-called six players who would be able to go up front and get a frontline starter like you said and then go get another bat somewhere or something like that caliber and not you know drain our whole farm system so there's a lot of ways to look at this um, I don't have the right answer but it's going to be interesting but it is very exciting to be in the in contention this time of year to have these kind of talks yeah I love this shit you know, this is, it's, it's so, it's just, you know, when we were starting this podcast, you know, we didn't get off to a great start. We had to be really, you know, creative. And I do want to do these creative deep dives in these history and, and go back and do the history of the Mariners and history of baseball and get into some deep dives. That's what we started this podcast out to be more of like a, a Mariners culture kind of talking thing. But it's just been such a roller coaster, wild ride in the last like month and month and a half we have to talk about what's going on and it's great and it's fun and it's positive right now. I mean, we haven't lost a game in over half a month. You know, the closest thing we've felt to a loss is, uh, you know, Juan Soto edging out Julio in the home run derby, but Julio still hit 30 more home runs than him. So like, we didn't really feel like it was a loss. That was what our whole last episode was about. So yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed these conversations and we'll have more of them, uh, you know, on the next few episodes. Definitely these next two weeks are going to be very interesting, I think. Easy for you. Need help? Yeah, and I've got 10 minutes to get to the radio station. Ah, here's the problem. Easy for you. Ever listen to KBLY? Should I? easy to wear and for that great smelling guy who started my car i get off at six easy to wear hard to resist so you know say we know we're going to make a big trade or we think we're going to make a big trade or maybe multiple big trades which means you're going to be you know moving some of these people like we were talking about some of them might be you know heartbreakers and Every year that we've made these trades, whether we're buyers or sellers, the next year or that year, we see a bunch of them playing in the World Series or we see guys on the All-Star game. So there's always that fear that that could happen. But that's just, that's trading, right? That's in, in real baseball, that's in fantasy. Everybody gets that. So let's just say right now, we're going to make a big trade. What's a trade you're afraid that could possibly happen or you don't want to see happen in the next two weeks? You know, I haven't given it too much of thought, but, you know, probably for me, obviously, and I don't even think it can happen, but let's say Washington wants Julio Rodriguez. You just cannot make that trade. So my my answer would be Julio Rodriguez. He's not going anywhere. He's not no, going No, I know. And Jerry I'm trying to avoid the question. <laughs> no, I, the, the people that I, I feel like possibly could go that you're going to go, oh, man. Uh, I think a Taylor Trammell's probably one of them. Was a big part of that Ty France trade. He's come up, you know, last year a little prematurely, got sent back down. Um, but, you know, he had the same thing that happened with Kelnick. But he seemed to figure it out this year until his injury. I think he's somebody that it's going to be like, ooh, that's going to suck. I also feel like... You know, we were talking about him earlier, keeping around. I mean, somebody might try to get a Sam Haggerty out of you. Um, I also, uh, Emerson Hancock, probably somebody that gets talked about a lot. And sometimes, you know, they might be spinning this. I've heard a lot of talk about him. I know he just played in the Futures game. He struck out the side. But, I mean, that's obviously something that somebody has their eye on. Um, On our team. I'd really be scared to lose a Kirby or, you know, if it's a Juan Soto, you could lose a Logan. So I think those are the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm most concerned about. And, and I'd throw Kelnick on there too, because I, I, 
I don't think he's damaged goods. I think he's going to be a, a good player. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a Julio or anything like that, but I, I, I think he's going to be a good player that, you, you know, is going to make some all-star teams and things like that, hopefully. And people might want him. I mean, he's raking down in the, in the minors. No, after you mention those guys, I guess real quickly, I could say I, I wouldn't care or have too much concern to lose Haggerty or Tramiel. Um, yeah, it would bug me to lose, you know, our pitchers and Kirby and Logan and even Kalnick. You know how I'm such a big fan of his. I do. But it, uh, if it's the right move, you got to do it. We got to improve this team. We got to start thinking differently as far as Mariner fans, you know, of, you know, we haven't been there and, and why haven't we been there? So we got to take part of it getting better at taking that risk. And I, I, I'm in the position now of, of doing, making that risk for the right player. So it just depends on who we get back for when those, if those guys were to be dealt. Yeah, totally. And like, again, we're going to be talking about a lot of this on the next couple of episodes. Our next episode will be out next Monday morning following this Houston series. You know, again, let's bring the focus back in here. We got to keep this streak alive. Hopefully we're coming back on Monday with a 17 game winning streak with our eyes on 20. But listen, that doesn't happen. That's okay. The Mariners are in great shape. They're in great position. And uh, yeah, this is easily the most excited we've been in a very long time and not a skeptical i'm not skeptical so this isn't a skeptic skeptical excitement coming out of me this is this isn't 2018 this is uh this isn't last year this is completely different this is the the breakthrough in my mind of what i think the mariners could accomplish and with that said, yo, this is episode 25. We got 25 of them now in the books. Look for episode 26 coming up this next Monday following this series. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for especially downloading these episodes. That really helps us out. Thank you for subscribing and following the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. We're growing. We're getting closer to our goal. We still need some more help. So, you know, thanks for getting the word out already. Uh, Keep it going. We love growing this community. Again, if you have any questions, hit us up on the socials, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or you can email us at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, this episode's a wrap. You know what time it is, Hannah. (laughs) 